From KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter. Hello and welcome to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. In this episode, we look ahead to the Democratic primary in Oregon's newly drawn 5th Congressional District, a race between seven-term incumbent Kurt Schrader and former congressional candidate Jamie McLeod Skinner. McLeod Skinner's running to Schrader's left in a district that doesn't look like it used to. When Oregon gained a 6th Congressional District, the 5th District was redrawn and dramatically altered. You can see the old map here and then the new one. It now includes most of Clack and Marion counties, but not Salem. It also encompasses Lynn County and reaches across the Cascades and includes a large portion of Deschutes County. McLeod Skinner lives in Terrebonne, six miles north of the boundary separating Deschutes and Jefferson counties. Today we'll hear from both candidates. Congressman Kurt Schrader joins us next to tell us why he thinks he should be reelected. But first, McLeod Skinner. She's run for office before. Last year, she ran for Secretary of State in the Democratic primary. And in 2018, she lost the general election in the second congressional district to then-Congressman Greg Walden. She's currently an elected Jefferson County Education Service District board member. And she serves as a voting member for the Oregon Watershed Enhancement Board and has a part-time role as Emergency Preparedness Coordinator for Oregon. She was previously elected to the Santa Clara, California City Council and served there for eight years. Years. Welcome to my guest, congressional candidate Jamie McLeod Skinner. Welcome back to Straight Talk, Jamie. So great to see you again. Thanks for having me back. Well, Jamie, you've run some pretty tough races for Oregon Secretary of State and against Congressman Walden, both of which you lost. Why are you running again, this time in the 5th District? Well, I've won four races and lost two, and, uh, and run where it's hard, really, and where some of the, uh, the work needed to be done to build the base. But the reason why I'm running is this is really a time of crisis for so many, for our working families, for our environment, for our democracy, but it's also a time of hope. I'm running because I believe in our democracy and have hope for the future. Uh, and in, in the past races, I think a, an apples to apples comparison is important. Um, in short, I've run uh, in tough races. A sports analogy is in 2018, I started 18 meters behind 100 in a 100 meter race. And um, Schrader has always started ahead of the race, uh, many yards ahead of his opponent. But in this congressional race, in this congressional district, it's going to be really close. And had he won in a, a run in a race as close back in 2020, he would have lost. So it's important to have uh, the Democrats have a nominee who can bridge the divide and win those crossover voters. Well, let me follow up on that, because you do have an impressive list of endorsements, including Democratic Party officials in four counties, which also includes Clackamas, Congressman Schrader's home. Party officials deciding not to endorse the incumbent is a break from tradition. But people also ask, since you've lost two big races, can you win in the general election where you have to get the vote of a lot of unaffiliated voters and some Republicans? And will general election voters see you as too far to the left? Is this a risky vote for Democrats? Well, actually, uh, Kurt Schrader is not the guy that was originally sent to Congress, and he's gone so far to the right that running to the left of him just simply means you're a Democrat. But back in 2018, I ran in the toughest, uh, the most conservative district in Oregon, the toughest place for a Democrat to one, run. And I had the largest voter swing of any congressional race in the entire country. I, had, I was plus 10. Uh, again, in contrast, uh, Kurt Schrader in his last race was minus two. Those numbers, why they're important, is because this is a D plus one seat. 
And so had I run a D plus one in 2018, I would have won hands down. Had Kurt run in a, in a D plus one in 2020, he would have lost. And so when you start us both at the same uh, start line, I run much faster than he does. And so the question for Democrats is, who do you want at that start line uh, when, when it, it's a race this close? Well, Congressman Schrader has served in Congress for seven terms. What's your, what's your biggest beef with him? Well, two, really. One, that he's lost touch. And the second, that he's really become part of the problem with big money in politics. To my first point, he doesn't seem to understand the crisis that working families and our climate and our democracy in. He's voted against letting Medicare negotiate prescription drug prices. He's voted against a $15 minimum uh, wage for, for the, the federal minimum wage. And he's voted against tackling climate crisis. This is all the challenges that, we're, that all Oregonians are facing. And, you know, it's no surprise that the big donations he's taken are from the same folks, those hundreds of thousands he's taken from Big Pharma and, um, and from the Koch brothers. They've maxed out on him. Those that he's taken money from, he's also voted in their support. And that's a problem that so many have right now with, um, with big money in politics. It's really undermining our democracy. So his corporate PAC money has taken over 650000 from Big Pharma. Again, the Koch brothers max out on him. He's representing them and not us. And that he's changed over time. He's got misleading ads right now on the air. The important things to think about who paid for them. What we need. Oh, and he's his stock trading, too. He's against a bipartisan bill on stock trading uh, because he's a huge he he makes rules and then trades in stocks to have a sports analogy. He's like the guy who sets the rules, refs the game, bets on the team and takes money from teams. That's not fair. and It's not a level playing field. Our democracy should not be for sale. You know what people want right now across the political spectrum is affordable housing and health care and child care, investments in education, so early childhood education, um, CTE, debt-free community college, and, and again, raising the, the federal minimum wage. We need to be investing in families and getting our economy going again. And he's just, he doesn't get it. Well, Congressman Schrader, and we will ask him uh, about some of those points you made in the next segment, but he's part of the Congressional Problem Solvers Group. It's a bipartisan caucus of moderates who want to find middle ground solutions in what is a very partisan atmosphere. If elected, how much are you going to be willing to reach across the aisle, work with the other party, or will you strictly vote with your party? The reason why I had the largest voter swing of any congressional race in the country in 2018 is because I show up and I listen and I focus on solving problems. And, and to be clear, the quote unquote problem solver caucus has really been supporting and forwarding the Trump agenda. Uh, uh, Kurt Schrader has gotten in the way of President Biden's agenda to actually get the American people back to work and get us back on track. So he time and time again has blocked that agenda and that's really what people across the political spectrum want. We want to rebound from the COVID economy. We want to address the, the climate crisis. I've worked in, in communities that were burnt down from, from wildfire. I almost had to flee my own home last year. People are literally running from their homes. Uh, farmers, largely Republican, are losing their family farms because of the drought. We need people who understand the on the ground issues and help our families get back to work. Uh, childcare issues, all these things that he has stripped out of the legislation that's gone forward. If he was a true problem solver, if he truly believed in bipartisanship, then he should be signing on to the, the stock bill that bans congressional members from trading stocks. He traded uh, $1.1 million in stock last year, including buying stock from construction companies right after the infrastructure bill passed. 
that that's why he's lost base, faith with uh, voters and with Oregonians. You mentioned the wildfires, Jamie. The wildfires of 2020 were devastating to parts of the 5th District. What more do you think you could get done as a congresswoman to help people recover and mitigate future wildfires? Well, twofold. Really, we need to be investing in renewable energy and sustainable renewable energy without leaving working families behind. We're just, um, he's stripped out legislation from the infrastructure bill and from Build Back Better that would help to address the climate crisis. And then also, we need to be working more closely, uh, helping the federal government be more responsive to the needs of folks on the ground who've lost their homes. You know, this is a, a classic example where I've worked across the divide and he's just, he's not showing up and he doesn't get it. The climate crisis doesn't care about party affiliation. When a wildfire is coming, it doesn't check party affiliation when it's burning through a community. These are the kind of challenges that Oregonians are facing. And it's just, he hasn't shown up and gotten the job done for us. And he's stripped out key legislation that would help us move forward on protecting our communities. You have been a champion for campaign finance reform. Congressman Schrader has three and a half million dollars in his campaign war chest. How how do you compete with that? You don't have to out, outraise him. You just have to get enough. So we've uh, and the other thing, too, is what that money pays for is a lot of the work in the boots on the ground. So you mentioned not just Clackamas County is supporting me, but four of the counties, which represent 92 of the voters four of the counties, uh, the Democratic uh, county parties, literally change their rules in some cases to endorse me in the primary because there's such a sense that Kurt Schrader has left working families behind and he's not showing up and de delivering and dealing with the climate crisis. And there's a lack of trust in, in the, the big corporate PAC money he's taken. I've never taken big corporate PAC money. And so what we need to do is I've got smaller checks coming in, smaller donations, but we've got the boots on the ground. And the fact that uh, those county parties have endorsed me means I'll be showing up on the slate mailers that, that Democrats send, send out. There's a lot of folks that don't even see Kurt Schrader as a Democrat. Those core values of caring for our working families, caring about our planet, and caring about our democracy, there's such a strong sense that he's left voters behind. That's why I've got a lot of crossover endorsements. Folks who used to endorse Kurt Schrader and now just say, and these are their, their words that he said they, he's forgotten where he's come from and he just doesn't get it anymore. Well, just, a short, supporting me. just a short time left, Jamie, for a, about 45 seconds for a final message for voters. Sure. We're in a time of crisis and a time of hope. Our families, our climate, our democracy are in crisis. I get it. I've got experience doing this work and I've got a passion for it. And this is the job I want to do. I also want us to start believing in each other again. Politics has ripped us apart and we need to heal. And my leadership has always been about bridging divides. And if you believe in this vision, I wanna ask for your support because we are up against someone whose corporate PAC money is buying up the airwaves and also pushing out a lot of mistruths. And he's representing those who are paying for his ads and not us. My website is jamiefororegon.com. Please join us. And I can tell you this, if you send me to Congress, I will work for you and make you proud. Jamie McLeod Skinner, thank you for joining us here on Straight Talk. A pleasure to have you back. And if you'd like to find out more, as Jamie mentioned, here is her website. And we thank you for joining us for this first segment, but there's more to come. Congressman Kurt Schrader joins us to make his case for re-election. We're back in two minutes. Welcome back to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. 
We're talking with the two candidates vying for the Democratic nomination in the newly drawn 5th Congressional District. The primary is May 17th. We heard from challenger Jamie McLeod Skinner in our first segment, and now we hear from incumbent Congressman Kurt Schrader speaking to us from his home in Canby. Congressman, welcome back. It's nice to have you back on Straight Talk. Good to be back, Laurel. Thank you. Well, you have represented the 5th District since 2009, but the district, as it's been redrawn, isn't the same as it was. More than 50% of the people in this new district are new. They've, they've never seen you on the ballot. I heard you were thinking about running in the newly added 6th District. Why did you choose to stay in this new 5th? Well, because I live here. This is uh, my home. Uh, and uh, I actually represented Southwest Portland uh, when I first ran. So it's not all new, not 50% new, uh, only 25% of it's actually new to me at this point in time. And you know, I think we need people that care about uh, our state, uh, care about uh, our country, and I do deeply and passionately. And I'm very concerned about the extreme partisanship that's infected our political discourse. So I think it's extremely important to uh, uh, have folks like myself that have lived in the district forever. I've lived here 40 plus years, raised my family here. I have an organic farm uh, and been a veterinarian. I started my own veterinary clinic. I meet everyday people from all walks of life uh, and I have a good feeling for for the district. I've stood up on the planning commission for 15 years, went to the state legislature for 12 years, part-time job. I could still live a real life as a veterinarian and then went to Congress when the previous congressperson retired and uh, been representing it ever since. And I think doing a pretty darn good job. Well, your opponent, Jamie McLeod Skinner, has an impressive list of Democrats who've endorsed her, including party officials in four counties in your home county of Clackamas. And it's pretty unusual for an incumbent not to get that endorsement. They say you're out of touch with your constituents. And here are some of the reasons why they say you were one of only two Democrats who voted against the initial passage of the American Rescue Plan, but eventually voted for the final version. You oppose the popular $2,000 stimulus checks, and they blame you and other blue dog Democrats for stripping out important climate provisions in the Build Back Better Act. Congressman, have you gone too far to the right for this new district and for many Democrats? Well, a lot of what you just said is inaccurate and misrepresenting uh, our position. And any legislative process, you vote for and against things at various turns. Uh, but as you pointed out, we voted for the uh, American Recovery Plan. And frankly, we voted for the Families First Plan, the CARES Act, and my problem solvers group was responsible for making sure that we had a bridge from the last administration, this administration, with another uh, care package uh, uh, with regard to COVID. So we work really hard in these areas. Uh, I think a lot of what has been said is frankly inaccurate. We've developed a prescription drug plan that can actually pass the Senate. Uh, we're pushing hard for the affordable housing. And we led the fight to make sure we actually got uh, an infrastructure plan across the finish line. Uh, that was huge, uh, as we've seen. Uh, the rest of the agenda was in trouble. We would have nothing if it wasn't for a few moderate Democrats willing to stand in there and make sure we got transportation, broadband, water resources, energy resiliency, biggest investments in climate change in American history. There's more to do, and that's why I want to go back. You mentioned uh, drug prices, so I, I want to dig into that a little bit. You say in press releases and TV ads that you've brought meaningful reform to lower drug prices. But last fall, your vote helped to kill the Elijah E. Cummings Lower Drug Costs Now Act. That was a key provision of Build Back Better that would have allowed Medicare to negotiate the cost of many, many different drugs. And you later introduced your own bill that's been called a watered-down version. Can you honestly say that your bill really helps seniors more, lowers drug prices more on his 
as many drugs than the one you voted against? It's the one that can actually pass and get done. I mean, part of our job in Congress is to actually make an effective difference, Laurel. I voted for a version of the Elijah Cummings bill twice before, and it went nowhere. It went nowhere. So uh, my folks in my district, and I think this new district too, well, want something done. Seniors can't afford the horrible high cost of, you know, their, out of, their, their generic drugs. I mean, they're four or $500 uh, a month or more. You know, my bill, uh, which will pass the Senate, I pre-negotiated that. I work with leadership. Leadership is behind my bill uh, in the Build Back Better plan. Uh, not only allows negotiation, negotiation of drug prices, both for Medicare Part A and Part D, uh, it also limits the price increases of everyday drugs, just the price of inflation, and limits out-of-pocket costs to seniors to just $2,000 a year. Uh, and caps insulin, 35 bucks a month. Those are huge improvements that can actually get done. It'll be the biggest transformational uh, change in prescription drug care delivery and reducing costs since Part D was originally established. Well, in your vote, critics say you were influenced by Big Pharma. Former U.S. Labor Secretary Robert Reich tweeting, you and another Democrat who voted against the bill together have received $1.7 million in donations from Big Pharma. Always follow the money, he said. And the Oregonian reported that you inherited a lot of your personal wealth from your grandfather, who was an executive at Pfizer. How can voters trust that you're not being influenced by the pharmaceutical industry? Well, the number that was given was wrong. We haven't gotten that much money from pharma. Uh, and be honest with you, uh, they're getting a raw deal if they think they're trying to buy my vote. I mean, I've been hard on them, as hard on them as any member of the United States Congress. I've got 10 or 12 bills that I've sponsored and or voted for to limit some of their uh, outlandish practices when uh, that hedge fund manager, Shrek Kelly, tried to jack up the price of Daraprim 400% went after him. And I actually passed a bill that got done you know, to limit his opportunity to do that or anyone else going forward. When Mylan tried to jack up EpiPen costs, we went after them. And, you know, my prescription drug bill, I think, speaks for itself. Pharma doesn't like it. You know, it, it's going to, as a matter of fact, not only do we get all the benefits I described, Laurel, we actually force them, the manufacturers, to help pay for some of the costs that seniors had to bear before. I think, uh, you know, if, if that's called buying person's vote, they're getting a terrible deal. Well, Business Insider ran a story about some of your stock trading that you sold up to $30,000 worth of shares in Charter Communications and insurance giant AON PLC last year, but you didn't disclose the sales by the required deadline and that you're one of 55 congressional members who violated Congress's Stock Act. Now, there's proposed legislation sponsored by Oregon Senator Jeff Merkley that would ban federal lawmakers and immediate family members from trading stocks. Do you support that legislation? I support uh, not having uh, members be able to trade stocks. I, I, when I first came to Congress Laurel, I gave that up. I have an independent financial advisor that does all the stock trading for me. I have no idea what's going on in there. I get a report just like everyone else does at the end of the month. And apparently they screwed up and did not report that charter trade in time. Uh, we went ahead and as soon as we found out, made the correction like many other legislators do. Uh, you know, if you try and with the Stock Act, if you try and game the system, you get caught. I had a colleague of mine from New York that was inside trading. He's in jail right now. Uh, we can do more, and I've made sure that there's no undue influence on any of my votes as a result of uh, you know my own stock uh, investments. That's done by 
someone else and I have nothing to do with it. Well, I have a couple questions about that. I mean, why wouldn't you want to know more if something is going on that looks like it's violated the Stock Trade Act? And will you sign on to this legislation from Senator Merkley? It's different than the Stock Act. It's the Banned Conflicted Trading Act. Why not sign on to that legislation if you want to be tough on trading stocks? Well, I'll take a look at it. I don't. I, sounds good to me. From what, the way you describe it, I have not actually seen that particular legislation. But as I said, the main thing I think for viewers to know is that I have not actively engaged in any stock trading since I came to the United States Congress. Well, let me tell you about that. this other act that is coming from Senator Merkley. It would hold lawmakers to tighter standards and prevent top congressional officials from making money off their positions, even if these moves may not be considered insider trading. Shouldn't voters feel like that you won't be influenced by uh, your decisions on how it would benefit you financially? So what's wrong with going ahead and signing that, that Merkley legislation? Well, if that's what it does, I'm a yes. Okay, well, we'll look forward to seeing you sign on to that. You drew a lot of hated, uh, heated criticism from your allies in January of 2021 when you compared the impeachment of former President Trump to a lynching. What were you thinking when you said that, Congressman? Well, that, the, the terminology was inappropriate and insensitive. Uh, that was a terrible mistake. Uh, I hold Trump fully responsible for the insurrection on January 6th, voted for impeachment twice. Uh, would like to see us use the 14th Amendment. He would no longer be able to even to seek office with that. Uh, but I apologize for my remarks. During the wildfires of 2020, your home in Canby was under level two evacuation orders and your district suffered a lot of damage. Yep. With wildfire season really just a few months away, what are you doing to help prevent future wildfires? Well, we've done a lot already, Laurel, in preparation. And as for seeing the horrible devastation that's out there, uh, the community's just torn apart, Detroit leveled, I mean, pretty horrific. So uh, worked with Senator Wyden, as you know, uh, to develop a disaster relief fund for wildfires. I mean, back east folks got uh, uh, credit for uh, and the ability to get disaster relief, whether it was a, a flood or a hurricane, but nothing for wildfires. So Senator Wyden and I partnered with some of our colleagues across the aisle and got that job done. That gives the Forest Service more money, hopefully going forward, so they can do some project management to prevent some of the catastrophic fires out there. Do the prescribed burning, uh, do the thinning uh, that, that needs to be done to, and uh, get the initial attack in there. Don't wait for this fire to blow up. That's what happened to poor Detroit, that Beachy Creek fire went out of control. I've also passed legislation to hold the uh, power companies uh, uh, accountable for trimming uh, the trees, hazardous trees along the power lines. That's what also contributed to the catastrophic nature of that fire up the canyon. So uh, we're on it. Uh, we're going to do more, make sure that uh, these hazardous trees get out of the way and, and continue to work with both the, the rural communities because it's it could be helpful for the rural communities. Stop carbon pollution by just getting in there and doing the proper management of our forests. They're a great resource. They should not be contributing to uh, you know the carbon pollution in the atmosphere. We only have a couple minutes left, but I wanted to ask you, what are you most proud of that you've been able to pass in this last term? Well, I think two big things. One is saving America with the COVID packages, Laurel. I mean, that's no small feat. We are able to bring Congress together in America's darkest hour in my lifetime and basically give people hope and keep a lot of businesses alive, uh, families, you know, uh, able to feed their children, hospitals and healthcare providers able to do some work, uh, you know, some 
form of education through virtual means. I mean, we did some wonderful things. I'm very proud to see Congress, when, when, when the chips are down, we deliver for the American people and Oregonians. And this infrastructure bill, I mean, that is huge. You know, coming out of COVID, where's the hope? Where's the opportunity? It's in the infrastructure bill. It's a down payment on all the big things we need to be dealing with. Jobs, uh, the opportunity for climate change legislation. There's the biggest investment in EVs, biggest investment in clean energy transmission. There's more to do. Uh, the broadband's gonna be a lifeline for rural communities. It's gonna make everyone equal, like the old Rural Electrification Act. I'm really excited about the work we did. And folks like myself have the ability to deliver for a tough, tough district like this. I'm afraid we're almost out of time, but 30 seconds for a final thought for our viewers. Hey, this is uh, not a uh, easy district to run in. 40% uh, of the folks have told both parties, well, I'm not interested. They're non-affiliated. So I've got to bridge that gap between the far right and the far left, represent this district. We forget that's our job is representation, not you know, being a party ideologue. I'm representing this district and proud to have done so for the last 10 years. Well, Congressman Schrader, a pleasure to have you back in Straight Talk. If you'd like to find out more about Congressman Kurt Schrader's positions, here is his website. Remember to vote. The primary is May 17th. Thank you for watching Straight Talk. Join us next week when we hear from Oregon Republicans and get their take on the recent legislative session. We'll see you next week for Straight Talk.